Hello, this is James Ippolitti, host of Out of Silence. I wanted to jump in just to let you know that you may hear that it is the Songsmith Podcast or Creativity Gurus Podcast. Season one of both of those have been combined to the name Out of Silence, and that will be the name moving forward for any interviews that I have about creativity. So don't be confused. Songsmith Podcast and the Creativity Gurus is now under one brand, Out of Silence. Peace. Have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. I'm so serious. Super easy. Let me explain. First, it's free. There are creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast from your phone or your computer. Mostly, I'd use the computer, but I just did the phone, and it was super easy. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And doing that yourself is a pain in the butt, so so happy they do it for me. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need, all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get creative. Okay, Hepcats, this is James Hippolyti, and it is time to talk about mental illness and the arts on this edition of Creativity Gurus. So, if you enjoy my show, please go to Apple Podcasts, give me a five-star review, write something nice, also subscribe to this podcast. I really need your help to build the word of all this so everybody can find out about this cool stuff that we're doing here. Uh, follow me on Instagram at James underscore Ippolitti. Um, you can find me on Twitter at James Ippolitti. You can find me on TikTok at James Ippolitti. Please do all these things so we can continue to keep the lights on here at Gorilla Delphia Studios. Now, I have a lot to say on this topic, and if you find something that you really uh, spoke to you, please reach out to me on any of those platforms. I really would love to hear from you about your struggles, uh, things that worked for you, and I can share that with all the people in the Gorilladelphia community. And yes, I've said Gorilladelphia twice. It's just my thing. All right, let's get to this edition of Creativity Gurus. This edition of Creativity Gurus, I wanted to focus on mental illness, mental health when it comes to your creativity. This is something that I've struggled with my entire life, and I wanted to bring this up because no matter what I tell you when it comes to creating your art, whether if that's a you know, you're a musician, you're a painter, you're a writer, you're a filmmaker, it doesn't matter. If you can't get past your own mental blocks, then you are not going to succeed and be where you want to be. So that's what I want to get out today. I want to talk about this because I feel like this is the most important thing that has to be addressed before you get into strategies and habits of success. That is something that I don't think a lot of books on success talk about. Obviously, they talk about the habits you should have, and we're going to get into that. But if you can't get past your own mental illness to get to an average spot 
to then push above to get to success, there's no point in even moving forward. You have to address the mental illness first. So why is mental health important when it comes to your creativity? Um, Well, you can't, I, I just recently did something on TikTok and I asked a lot of different people um, somebody in TikTok just said ADHD and depression makes motivation hard. And I agree. This is what we're going to talk about. I had posted something on TikTok saying, when you're depressed, when you're down, do you still create? And many people had said, no, they don't. And it could take days or weeks, maybe months before they get that creative urge again. And this is what we need. Now, I don't have... I'm not a psychologist, and I'm not here to cure your mental illness, uh, just to get that out of the way. But you need to take action. Now, there was a really funny joke I had seen, um, kind of picking on millennials, so I don't like to do that, but I'm going to just tell you because it makes sense. Uh, The millennial says, oh, you know, I have anxiety, or I have depression. And somebody says, oh, what are you doing about that? And they say, oh, nothing. I just want you to be aware so you can work around it. I thought that was funny because um, I do see a lot of that where people wear their mental illness uh, on their sleeve, but they don't do the work that they need to do to get better. If you have diabetes, you need to do what you need to do to stay healthy. And that's the same thing with mental illness. You need to go and talk to someone. You may need medication. And these things will get you to a base level so then you can do the things that you want to do in your life. But if you don't take care of your mental illness, you will not get anywhere in your creativity. You will lose days, months, years. And so to give you my history on mental illness... And, and the thing is, I come from a generation where it really wasn't talked about. You had to man up. You had, you, you know, anxiety, depression, all that stuff. It wasn't really talked about. And we're still not 100% there, but we are better today than we ever were. But growing up, I suffered from anxiety. Um, I have been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, but I didn't know that growing up. I was just an anxious kid. Um, depression was huge for me growing up. I was extremely depressed. I wrote songs, at least one song about suicide, but I wrote a lot of songs about depression and mental illness. Um, and that actually was a theme in some of my, some of my, um, you know, uh, songs was mental illness. A lot of my songs. Uh, so in TikTok, someone says, I'm 47. I just got diagnosed. And the meds helped within the last year. Absolutely, the meds have helped me. I mean, talk therapy, so cognitive behavioral therapy, talk therapy has worked for me along with medication. I think you need both. You need to find a therapist. And I know it's a, that's the one thing I wish this country, at least in America, I don't know about the rest of the world, but in this country, we should have some way of being able to make it affordable for everybody to get to talk to someone. Now, if you don't know, you should ask your employer. A lot of employers now have um, options in your health benefits where you can get some free sessions to talk to a therapist. So definitely look that up. Um, So 
you know, I grew up completely anxious, grew up in the 80s, thought the world was going to end by nuclear war, was constantly, constantly anxious. I didn't think I would live past the age of 17. I was always nervous, always depressed. And um, I think, you know, by the time I was in my 20s and I was writing music, I mean, we played in, I played in a band and we would play at different venues and I would literally go out behind the venue and puke because I was so nervous and anxious before almost all my gigs. Um, I would obviously de- to deal with it. I didn't have medication, but I would drink and drink helped that helped me a lot deal with my anxiety. And I don't say that like you should do this, but I'm saying that is what happens when you are undiagnosed and you un- untreated. You find ways, and that may be recreational drugs or alcohol to deal with the anxiety, depression. And another thing someone brought up in the uh, chat over here was ADHD. Now, I didn't realize until recently that I was ADHD. I had a therapist finally figure this out about me. I mean, we've worked really hard through the last so many years on my anxiety and depression. I think my anxiety has been so good. I've been so much better than I've ever been. Um, And... Uh, my depression still is there, but you know, I work through it. We're going to talk about that. So I just want this to be known because, you know, uh, one of the things I didn't realize until later, and I, you know, I have a lot of younger people who might listen, you know, a lot of my art, I either quit, walked away from it, or just got depressed because I wasn't able to stick it out. Um, And it's hard. It's not something you can just have the grit to keep going when you suffer from mental illness. That's the thing I'm trying to get across. I read a lot of books on success and on the arts and things like that. And these are really good books to read if you can get past your, well, not get past your mental illness, but work on, you know, uh, getting better because if you don't, if you're not better, there's nothing. Nothing you can read is going to help you if you aren't taking care of that base level of your mental health. It has to get. You have to get to zero. Like I feel like my whole life I was starting at like negative a hundred with my mental health, and you know there be highs and lows, but you have to get to like zero where you're like, okay, I'm like average. I'm on everywhere. And that takes a lot of work. And that takes therapy. And that takes medication. And that takes every day working on it. Now, um, you know, growing up, uh, something else that I find a lot of people in the arts sort of lean on is the idea that because we're artists, we are more sensitive and we suffer for our art. And, you know, it's just, you know, you're a songwriter, you're a writer, uh, obviously the writers who are writing novels and things and you're, you're, you know, a troubled alcoholic writer, you know, but you know, the longer I've been around on this world and the more people I meet, it's not the artist who is suffering or having problems. It's every single one of us. I guarantee if they did a study on accountants, you would find out 
accountants are equally depressed and have severe mental illness, just like every artist. It's just that we speak about it and we draw about it and we we make uh, books about our mental illness. You know, like we take those feelings and put it out on our sleeve where the accountant isn't really putting his misery in his spreadsheets, if that makes sense. But I guarantee you that every one of us is fucked up. Everyone out there has something going on. And a lot of studies talk about genetics. There's just no way that everybody, like the way genetics works and the way these things are passed on, that there has been so many people in the world at this point that everybody's got some gene on them, the, basically the fucked up gene. And we all are starting with that sort of uh, gene deficiency of depression. And I'm, I'm not using scientific terms. I'm just, you know, just talking. But I'm just saying, don't feel like because you're an artist or you have this creativity that you're suffering more than other people. It's just that we express it more. I'll also bring up that I think a lot, everyone, I believe everyone has the ability to be a creative person. So... That means that everyone is creative, everyone is an artist, everyone suffers from mental illness. Some more so than others. Some people, based on, you know, that whole idea, is it, um, but you know, is it nature or nurture? I think everyone has nature of mental illness. But then there's the nurture part that either how you were brought up either irritated this nature mental illness or it nurtured it and that is why some people deal with it better uh, than others if you were nurtured and maybe your illnesses and things were like that were recognized and dealt with and you had a great support system around you things like that then yes you probably have some illness but you have the tools you need you were taught those tools um, as opposed to somebody who also has started the same place with the mental illness, but they didn't have the tools or the support or anything like that. There are tons of projects that I stopped or that my mental illness just stopped me in my tracks with it. And I think what you need to do is say, okay, now that I understand that I'm, I have this illness, I need to start working on that. And how Now, Obviously, like I said, we're going to just assume at this point that you agree that you need to see a therapist and you need to have medication, possibly. The therapist will have you see a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist will talk about certain things. Maybe you need medicine. But you know what? A lot of times, medicine can be avoided. And even, I, I always think talk therapy is there all the time. We should have that. Like, um, because you can't always talk to your friends and family about things, right? You need somebody who's just sort of a listening board that you can talk about things with. Medication, on the other hand, if you have a good diet, nutritional diet, if you exercise and if you meditate, you know, we just re don't realize that, first of all, if you're an anxious person, drinking caffeine every day is really not a good idea, right? There are certain foods that you put inside your body that will make these things worse. 
If you are someone who suffers from depression, drinking is not going to help because it might help in the moment, but then it becomes a depressant. So uh, after the fact. So there's a lot of nutritional things. And you could look up, you could just do a Google search, foods to avoid if I'm an anxious person or foods to avoid for depression. You know, and you'll see that they'll say, don't eat these things. Don't drink these things. That's one aspect. And I'll, I'll say right off the bat, I'm not sitting here preaching that I'm a nutritional guru. I'm the worst. I am like, give me a Wawa hoagie any day of the week and a six pack and I'm happy. So like, I'm telling you what I should be doing in this case. All right. So same thing with exercise. I try, but I mean, exercise could be 30 minutes of walking each day. It could be jumping rope, but these things are proven to help with your mental health. And with your creativity. The one thing that I think if I could have every one of you do, like it would be a successful podcast if everybody said, I'm going to start meditating and I'm going to do that on a daily basis. And the sort of way to get into something uh, and make it a habit is just do it for two minutes each day. Find a time. You could do it when you just wake up and sit in silence for two minutes every day. You'll make it a habit, and then eventually you can move it up to three minutes or four minutes or five minutes. But there is one thing that I could say improves my life is meditation. And, you know, you can argue, well, I I can't meditate. I can't. Meditation isn't something you get good at. It's just something you do. It's not something you're great at. It's not something that you're natural at. We are not naturally uh, designed to meditate. Our minds are naturally designed to just keep talking and and going on and on and on and on. But meditation is not so much about getting your mind silent, but to recognize when your mind is going and then saying stop and then going back to your breath. You let go of what your mind was doing and begin again. Here's the, the trick to working on your creative projects is to stay in the present moment. Here you get an idea, you might be super excited about this idea, but the minute you get an idea, those negative thoughts are going to come into your head. Now, that's going to happen if you are the most stable mental person in the world, you're going to have these negative thoughts. But if you suffer from mental illness, you're going to find that those thoughts are very, very severe, and they will stop you in your tracks. You need, so I call them my Karen thoughts because I don't care about what Karens say, and I think Karens are very annoying, and they're funny to me, and none of them have any reason to have any weight on anything they say. So I get an idea, and I'm like, ah, I like this idea, but then... My thoughts go into the future. It's immediately in the future about, is this a good idea? Has it been done? Would it be a good idea for me to do? Is it something I can't afford to do? How do I do this? I never had done this before. I don't know the people. I don't have the experience. Every negative thing about it, and it's all related to the future, which I shouldn't be there. I shouldn't be in the future. I should be, here's my idea. Stay in the moment. 
and focus on what you're doing. Write your idea down. Also, like brainstorming. None of it is going to be exactly like a formed idea that is perfect in the very beginning. And there are some stories of this, but who cares about those stories? They're so rare, and if it happens to you, great. But 99% of the time, you are not going to have a fully formed idea come perfectly in your head. You're going to get some some nugget of an idea that you're going to chip away at. You're going to have this, and it will go in certain directions, and then you'll pull it back, and you'll say, okay, I tried that direction, and I kind of didn't like where it went, but I like this part that came with it, and I'm going to take that, and I'm going to do that, right? So it doesn't matter what you're working on. It could be a painting and while you're developing that sketch for the painting, it might turn into something completely different of what you originally thought it was going to be, and that's okay. That's going to be good. You're going to want those things. But you will never get to that place if every step along the way you allow those negative thoughts to come in. If every time you decide that you want to do something and you allow negative thoughts even if you're good at it in the beginning, ah, no, you know what? Because a lot of times in the beginning, the idea is so um, addicting and, and amazing, and you just, uh, you know, you get it, and it's, it, I'm going to write this stuff down. It's going to be great, and then like the next day, it's not so, not so attractive anymore, and you start getting down on it. You're going to have those negative thoughts come up again and again and again in every step of the process of your creative project. So if you're writing a book, don't think you're going to get over this hoop, like uh, hoop, this hump, and then all of a sudden be, you know, going downhill and everything's positive, everything's great. Every step of the way, there's going to be challenges, and every step there's going to be those negative thoughts creeping in. That's just how it works, and this is why meditation helps. Having the ability to stop those thoughts and get back into your work is why meditation helps. And you're teaching your brain that, all right, you went off on this tangent, you can come back to now quickly because you've been practicing doing that in meditation. And if you're suffering from mental illness, it's going to help you stop having those negative thoughts so often. So for example, if you have a really bad day, it may not take you a week to get back into creating again. It might only take you an afternoon. It might take you one day. And that's the benefit of these meditations is to get your brain where you need it to be and be able to pull yourself back into the present moment of whatever it is you're working on. A lot of artists talk about getting into flow and uh, flow is a lot like everything else drops away. There's time, your space you're in. The only thing that is there is the art, the creation of what you're doing. And that's a beautiful place to be. And the more you meditate, the more you're going to be able to achieve flow. It's not easy doing creative work. It's not easy sitting down and saying, I'm going to sketch something today. Um, especially if you're learning the craft. If you're new at songwriting, if you're new at playing guitar, if you're new at writing a novel, all that stuff, writing short stories, it's work to get good at it. No matter who you are, you're going to suck in the beginning. 
you're going to suck at writing, you're going to suck at singing or playing guitar or drawing pictures, and you got to do it over and over and over and over and over. Now, the only thing I can say about music is I did it when I was a kid. So, so starting so young, um, I was able to continually just push myself and push myself and push myself because I just did it. I had, I, I don't know. I think children just are able to do that easier than adults. Um, and so I was able to do that. And once I got older, I was still able to compose and write and, and things like that. But beyond that is where the struggle came. The actual, um, it's a different world now. You know, when I was playing in a band, you really had to get out, play clubs, and you wanted to be discovered. You know, you, you, we didn't have money. It wasn't like we could just buy our way if that was a thing. I don't know if it was because we didn't have money, so we didn't buy our way anywhere. Today, though, I mean, it's interesting because I see younger people today who have probably, and, and let's, this is small on TikTok, you may have like 3,000 followers on TikTok. And that is funny because if this was 1991 and we had 3,000 people at our show, I would have, my mind would have been blown. My mind would have absolutely been blown if I was able to play and have the attention of 3,000 people. Now that's nothing. Like 3,000 is an easy, easily achieved on TikTok. Instagram's a little harder, but people do it. So... Um, you know, I had once heard that it's better to have 1,000 loyal followers than 100,000 sort of whatever. They just clicked because you did something like drank cranberry juice on a skateboard. You know, like that's the real key here, right, is appreciation, gratitude for the followers you have, stuff that I didn't have the opportunity. And I couldn't see it. Like at least – if you're a musician today, and granted, everybody in the world is kind of an artist, and they're all on social media, and you're competing with a lot more. Um, but in the days uh, when I was in a band in the early 90s, we had a piece of paper that had, uh, it wasn't email, it was phone number and addresses, because there was no email. So you had to get everybody's phone number and their mailing address for any shows you wanted to promote. So you would get like a binder and you would put a piece of paper out and you would hope the people at the show would do this. And that was kind of how you gauged um, your, your following was by this list of people that signed up for mailers. And it, nowhere near 3,000. Um, I mean, and again, three, I have 64,000 followers on TikTok. Uh, are they all watching me? No. How many are loyal or, or there? I have no clue. So there's a lot of weird stuff when it comes to social media. I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping 100 people. You know, I don't know. But the truth that you have the ability. There are people in Norway listening to a song I wrote because I uploaded it, right? That's unbelievable to me. Not something that could have happened in, unless you went world tours, you know, and we're paid to do these tours back in the early 90s. So I think as an artist, we sort of have to be grateful for the um, ability now that we have. And back then, I couldn't see it. I was, and the depression that people get today is based off those numbers. 
Um, there's, I have not read a study that shows that social media is positive. And I know Gary Vaynerchuk Chuck goes out there and he's a very strong proponent of social media. And I agree with him to a, to a point. Social media is good if you schedule it as a tool that you use to promote yourself. And it's like a tool you use like two hours out of the day where you bulk record things and then post them. Um, that's the kind of tool you want to use. You don't want to be on it all the time. It's just going to depress you because you're looking at the numbers and you can't look at the numbers. So it's, it's hard as somebody who suffers from depression and anxiety and things like that. In the early 90s when I was in the band, I just didn't see the growth that I wanted to see. Today, we have the same thing, people focusing on numbers on their social media, and they don't see the responses, or they don't see the comments that they wanted, or they spend all this time on these projects and nothing happens. But the thing I didn't know then that I know now, that had I known, is that this is going to, you know, if you're doing this, expect at least five years of your life of no return on your investment in yourself. And I wasn't willing to accept that when I was younger. Now I am. If I stay right in this moment and I focus on what I'm doing and be okay with being bad because bad gets to better and better gets to good and good may get to great. But you have to stay focused on your art and not have expectations this is a lifelong journey, your art, your creativity. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. This, you know, Everybody would love to do their art for a living and make money and things like that, and that may happen, but it may not. And if you think about that, it's either going to bring you down and you'll stop working. So stop thinking about that stuff. Just sit down. If you want to write a song... That day, you're going to sit down, and you're going to work on writing a song. And it might be a crappy song. Some of my earliest songs are so bad. Um, but I didn't care when I wrote those songs. Now, I was probably 17, 18, probably 18 when I was writing my first songs. I was actually earlier than early, wrote stuff earlier than that. But the, stu- the ones I would call my first songs... Um, you know, they were all based on a breakup of somebody, you know, uh, the girlfriend I had, we broke up and I wrote 500,000 songs about that breakup, right? That's how it works. Um, but they were not good, but they led to the songs that were better. And those better songs led me to write good songs. And some songs, very few, I would consider great um, but I don't, I don't believe in great. Like I believe in happy with something, right? So you may be happy. You may not be happy with something. And if you're not happy with something, you look at it and say, well, why am I not happy with this? And then you might say, well, you know what? I feel like the lyrics are lazy. They're not, you know, you just wrote this down and maybe you should have taken a little bit more time and found some better words or better, better rhythms that you're using, uh, why maybe the core progression was lazy. Usually it comes down to that where I feel like I, I had an idea and I went with it and I never bothered to go back and say, how could this be better? The ones that I did take that time, 
uh, and sat down and, and thought, okay, I, I thought longer with it. I sat with it. I reworked it. Those are the songs that I am happy with. So I really don't go for the idea that something's great or, you know, because honestly, you might be happy with a song that maybe somebody else doesn't think is their favorite. I mean, if you talk to like Paul McCartney and he says, what song is his favorite? What, what does that mean? That means nothing because your song that he wrote might be a different song doesn't matter. It matters that he was happy with this one song he did, and for his own personal reasons, it means a lot to him. So that's the same thing when you look at paintings of an artist. Their favorite might be something completely different than the one everybody knows. So, you know, when it comes down to it, um, try to create for yourself and try to be happy with those creations. I'm going to be doing a lot more solo podcasts. And the reason is I have a lot to talk about when it comes to creativity. And there's not enough time on TikTok and Instagram because nobody watches anything for more than seven seconds. I wanted to talk a lot more about the stages of creativity to get people creating. But this is the most important. You need to work on your mental health before you can start doing the strategies that we're going to go on to in the following episodes. Now, I'm still going to interview people. I have an interview next week that I'm going to be recording, um, but I will not know when that will be posted yet. But I want everyone who pays attention to what I say to take a deep, long look at their mental health. And if you're not happy with that, if your mental health prevents you for any amount of time from being a creative person to creating the projects that you want to create, if there's anything that pops up that stops you, that needs to be addressed or you will never live the life you want to live as a creative person. So if you're, if you're listening to this and you liked it, you know, send me a direct message uh, somehow. You can either find me on Twitter at James Ippolitti. You can find me on Instagram at James underscore Ippolitti. You can find me on TikTok at James Ippolitti. Send me a message. Tell me that you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you all for listening and peace.